if the Warriors had lost this finals, people unequivocally would say, oh, that hurts LeBron's legacy. You know, he lost to a team that wasn't unbeatable, wasn't a juggernaut. These kids in Boston beat him. Welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show as we sit here the day after the NBA champion has been crowned. And I don't want to act like it's a sad day because it's a very exciting day. It's an exciting day for the NBA. It's an exciting day for NBA history. It, however, is a bit of a sad day for me financially. It is a very sad day for my dear son, whose beloved Boston Celtics, who see me as ridden, Throughout these playoffs, it looked so good just a week ago. And then a team that had not lost back-to-back games, except for once in the last five months, and the one time they lost back-to-back, they were rested four starters, finished their season losing three consecutive games. So here's what I would like to do today, because today is a shorter show than usual. We're just going to talk NBA Finals, just going to talk about Game 6, And then we'll be back on our regular schedule this weekend. We have our continue the countdown of the 50 greatest players last 50 years. Players 12 through 10 come out this weekend. And then next Tuesday, we'll have a regular episode. Here's how I would like to format today's show to Monza. I want to talk Warriors. Then I want to talk Celtics. Then I want to talk a little bit about the tangential other NBA stories that are affected by the Warriors winning the title. Then I want to talk about you but not the way you expect. So those are the four things we must do today. How are we going to lead off? Well, let me lead off with this. First of all, are you doing okay? I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah. Are are you more wounded by your team's loss or by your financial loss? Yeah, I'm, I'm more affected by the money. By the money. Okay, that will be discussed at the end of the show. However, we must start with the Warriors. I assume we're starting with Steph, but I'm not sure. You lead us there. Yeah. Uh, Boston kind of started off hot, and then, you know, the Warriors took over. Yeah, 14-2, to two, and then that was basically the end of their good offense for the day. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Unfortunate. But Steph wins his fourth title, and uh, along with that, he goes 34-7-7 and seven and seven in the closeout game and yep. finally wins finals MVP. Yep. Uh, is this Curry's greatest achievement in his career? No question about it. Okay. There is no doubt about this is Steph Curry's crowning achievement. And it's not just because it was his best finals. It was without a doubt, though. It's not just because it was his first finals MVP. And by the way, here's the thing. I know a lot of people like to say, well, he should have had one before. I don't believe that. I believe in 2015, he does. He was more deserving than Iguodala. But in 2015, the man who deserved finals MVP was LeBron. This was without a doubt the first he's played in six finals. This was his first finals where no one would argue someone on his team or the other team was better than him. This was the first finals where it was clear and obvious he was the biggest problem for the opposition on the court, and they had no answer for him. He had a bad game five, but I don't really even think that's because Boston guarded him that well. I think it's because he missed shots. A lot of that over ninth and three, a lot of those were open threes. And for Steph Curry, to be the architect of the best dynasty since Michael and Scotty's Bulls, 
It is an unimpeachable basketball resume he now has. He now has a finals where he was brilliant start to finish. He has the crowning achievement of the game four of those finals down to one, a 43-point masterpiece, a great closeout game. He fought his ass off on defense. The Warriors won this series because of their defense. And he what? listen, he's obviously not a great defender, but you weren't watching the 2015-2016 finals as closely as I was. You watched 2016 with me in my apartment in LA. It was on Father's Day, 2016. But those finals, the plan was attack Steph Curry, attack Steph Curry, put him in pick and rolls. He has made himself into an adequate enough defender where now you no longer can do that. Like you can try to, and you try to wear him out, but he is not a turnstile. And also he is such to be the guy for this run to help keep the team. I, I think the Warriors management deserves credit. The ownership for spending all that money, their luxury tax bill is off the charts. The management deserves credit for not pivoting. Some they they semi pivoted by not trading away or by by keeping the draft picks and going with these young guys, Kaminga and Moody, who did nothing in the finals. They wanted to have a plan long term, right. but they continued to spend to invest in veterans, bring back Iguodala to not flip Andrew Wiggins. All these things that cost them enormous amounts of money because they had faith that with Steph Curry, they're viable championship contenders, despite two years ago having one of the worst records in basketball when Steph was hurt, and last year missing the playoffs when Steph was healthy. This is without a doubt the finest achievement of his career, uh, and it does put him into a different stratosphere. That next stratosphere, I think the question everyone's asking this morning is what stratosphere is that? Right. I mean, so he's got four titles, two MVPs, and uh, one finals MVP, yep. and he's one of five guys to ever do that. Yep. So where would you put him now on your top 50 list? Okay, so I'm not going to spoil the top 50 list entirely. Okay. What I am going to tell you is this. It, the top 50 list is just the last 50 years, but what everyone else is doing today is, is he one of the 10 greatest players ever? Right. The problem with a 10-person list, as we've talked about many times, is there are, there's only room for 10 people on it. And I, in my opinion, there are a few guys who it is inarguable, right? So LeBron, Kareem, and Michael, it is inarguable that Steph is not there yet. I believe it is inarguable he is not there with Wilton Russell. So now we're at five. I do not think he is yet to... Magic, certainly not to Magic, or Bird. One could say Bird's a little arguable. I don't think he has yet surpassed Duncan or Kobe. And then you also still have Shaq and Akeem. That's 11 people. So is he in my all-time top 10? He is not. Is he banging on the door? He is. Do I think, and nobody's having this discussion today, but when it's all said and done, if we're trying to take someone from the top 10, if you don't order it, you just have 10 guys and you're trying to replace one of them with Steph. The guy whose resume Steph's is going to, I believe, match up quite favorably to because they're going to have the same blemishes, which is missed the playoffs during their prime, uh, won some of his titles with a guy who might be the best player in the league, 
had some really rough finals moments, but went to a bunch of finals, won a bunch of rings. That guy is Kobe Bryant. And nobody's kicking Kobe out for Steph right now. But Kobe's that, listen, Steph has two titles with Durant. Well, Kobe has three with Shaq. Kobe Kobe didn't win finals MVP that year. Steph didn't win finals MVP that year. Steph missed the playoffs two straight years. Kobe, the first three years Shaq was gone, missed the playoffs once and two straight uh, first round exits. Kobe then had the renaissance with Powell. Kobe also was bad in the 04 finals, was mediocre in the 2000 finals. Like these are real things. And so I, I do think that we've got to acknowledge that if, you're, if you want to have the Steph belongs in the top 10 discussion, it's going to get quite uncomfortable on the people you might have to push out. Yep. And so I don't think he's top 10 all time yet. I, however, it would be foolish to say he can't get there because he, if he wins another ring, the, it, it has boy. to matter. Going into this season, I had him behind Durant, Moses, and Dr. J. He passed Durant. I, I don't want to spoil too much of Sunday, but you know what? I, I'll go ahead and spoil some of it. He passed Moses, and he and Dr. J, if he was neck and neck with Dr. J going into the finals, then doesn't he almost by definition have to pass Dr. J by right. virtue of winning the finals? Probably. Now, is that enough for me to put him ahead of Shaq or Akeem? much less Bird or Kobe or Duncan. Not yet, but he's got time left. And there's one other thing I want to say about the Warriors before we get to your Celtics, which is there is massive credit that Klay Thompson gets for fighting through the hell of the previous two years. And even though Draymond used his podcast to roast me today by name, saying I know nothing about basketball, that's fine. Draymond can take his victory lap. (laughs) I'm going to use mine to give him some credit. He was miserable. Miserable the first three games of this series. Yeah. Truly awful in games one and three. He had a moment in game four of goodness after being benched and after his mom called him out. Game five, he was fine. But going into game six, Draymond was having a horrific NBA Finals by eye test, stat, his opinion of his own mother. <laughs> and then last night in game six, he was outstanding. He was a force on defense. He kept his cool. Yeah. He, th- those Draymond backpack threes, when he makes them, they're so heartbreaking for the opposition. And that is what a champion does. Yeah. Game seven of the 2016 finals, when Steph had what he called the worst game of his career. Draymond had arguably the best game of his. Yep. I think he had 32, 15, and 9. I, I'd have to look. In fact, I will look it up to be sure. It was a game seven of the finals, and Draymond showed up and showed the hell out. 2016 finals, game seven. He had 32, 15, and 9. Gosh, I'm good at that stuff. Just remembering. I, I hadn't even looked it. And but I knew I knew he was just shy of the triple double. And so yeah, Draymond, awesome. listen, this goes on the res on. On, on the resume for Draymond in a finals where going into game six, he was averaging fewer 
or the same number of points, 5,005 points per game, five rebounds, or seven rebounds, five assists on 28% shooting, 0% from three is what he was averaging going into game six. from three. And in game six, he hit half his shots. He hit two threes. He had 12 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists, only one foul, and played a hell of a defensive game. Draymond gets credit. You Listen, when you win, you get credit. When you play well in the win, you get credit. So he gets credit. Now, are you ready yet to talk about your Celtics? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Do you, do you forget well. what the forget what the script says? Let's just you and me talk. What's your opinion of what happened to the Celtics the final three games? Um, I don't want to say that they were scared. I don't think that they were scared. I think that there were times where they just played like they. It's like high school basketball. Like I, coming into Game Six, I thought that the mistakes that they made in the last couple of games are very easy mistakes to fix. It was like you know the one thing that you can't do. It's it's feel like easy stuff to capitalize on, which is free throws and turnovers. Mm-hmm. And they just went out there and did the same thing again. Um, they didn't I mean, miss free throw, that many free yeah, throws. Yeah, I was gonna say free throws wasn't a big part deal because they weren't getting to the free throw line the way they needed to. Exactly, and like obviously Marcus Smart didn't show up. And and a big thing for the Celtics in this postseason run, I feel like, was the the role players. Mm-hmm. And the role players were basically absent in the Warriors series. It seemed like um, after game one. Yeah, it, exactly. So, okay, so all that's true and all that's accurate. But the name you didn't mention there that we need to discuss is Jason Tatum. Tatum. Yeah, of course. Because I said going into game six, I thought Horford and Brown would have big games. Jalen Brown had 34 points on 23 shots. Al Horford had 19 points on eight shots to go along with 14 rebounds. Right. Steph played really well, but Clay was not good. Clay was five of 20. Yep. So if I tell you, Steph's going to be really good, but Clay's going to be bad. Horford and Brown are going to be excellent. It's in Boston. The answer is we're, see- we're getting a game seven. And they didn't get a game seven. Yes, everyone was turning the ball over. Brown, w- Brown turned the ball over, but Tatum turned the ball over as well. Tatum had two points in the second half. Tatum was six of 18 for the game, and he had 13 points. He was having a rough series, and he had going into game six, he hadn't been good. And in game six, he was awful. These things are true. Now, what does that mean for Jason Tatum moving forward? I believe it will be a net positive for him. It's not a guarantee, though. The concern, if you're a Celtics fan, is, is this going to scar Jason Tatum? Right. Is this going to... He seemed to be pretty down on himself throughout the game. Is this going to stunt his development? I don't think it will. I think instead, this will fuel Jason Tatum. Right. I think Jason Tatum is wildly talented, and when it's going well for him, he does look like kind of a poor man's combination of Durant and Kobe. Some of, you know what I mean? Like Durant's smoothness and defensive versatility, Kobe's impossible shot making. Right. And when I say poor man's, that's only because those are two of the, 16, 17 greatest players ever. So you could be a poor man's version of that and still an all-time great player. The problem for Tatum is when it's not going well, he gets nothing easy. Like, what the best players understand is, and the reason that the true best players in the league 
rarely have actually bad games. They just have bad games by their standards is they find their way to 24 points. They will get to the free throw line. Tatum was shying from contact. Right. Tatum, absolutely. And it was very clear from game one, the moment was a little too big for him. And that's, by the way, I want to make this clear. LeBron James, I believe, is the greatest player ever. LeBron James, in his first finals, the moment wasn't too big for him. He just, he averaged almost identical to Tatum's stat line, including shooting percentage this series. Now, LeBron was 22. They were playing a Spurs team that is better than this Warriors team, but still wasn't great. But LeBron, in his second finals, when he was 27, guess what? The moment was too big for him. He got nervous. He got a little scared. And he was 18 points per game in that series against the Mavs. This happens. So it is not career-defining. The tough part for Boston is this. Glass half full is everybody's back. You have everyone under contract. It's not a situation like the Mavs are in where it's like, hey, we had this really good season, but Jalen Brunson might leave. We might have to remake some things. Everyone that matters is under contract, and everyone but Horford is young. The glass half empty thing is this. Giannis ain't going anywhere. And after watching these full playoffs, do you believe like I believe? That if Chris Middleton hadn't gotten hurt, the Milwaukee Bucks are champions. Man, I just had this conversation with Daniel last night. I'm not, I don't. You don't. I don't. What do you- everybody always wants to talk about? Well, uh, such and such was hurt, this and that. All right. Well, everybody's everybody's getting hurt. There's gonna be people that are hurt. It it doesn't, it's that not is really absolutely a- true. No, no, no. So I'm not talking about that as a look back on you're, lesson you're what someone next, accomplished. Next year I'm it's gonna be a problem. Correct. I'm talking about if you're moving forward, I don't think I think if I think if Boston moving forward looks at them against Brooklyn, they say, man, kiss my ass. Right. We swept you. Even if you have Ben Simmons back, we know how to defend you. Right. We 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 beat you four games to nothing. If you look at Milwaukee, I think like, you look at Milwaukee, right. it's like, <laughs> all right, we were down three two. Game six, it took the best game of Tatum's life. We won the series in seven. And you didn't have your second best player. That's concerning. So that's where if I'm if I'm Boston, I do think Boston will be better than Brooklyn next year. I don't know what Philly's going to be. Miami is an older team, not a younger team. Boston should be a clear-cut second best team in the East. But Vegas has them as the best team in the East going into next year. And I don't believe that. I think Milwaukee is the best team in basketball. I think that there's, I mean... I don't know if the Bucks. The Bucks are like they average kind of like middle aged. They're not like super young, but they're also not old. No, enough, right? exactly right. So, no, it's it's kind of perfect. Guys are like in the prime of their career. Right. Yep. So I think between now and then, I think that with the Celtics just going to the finals, they know exactly what they have to work on. And yep. I think the development from now until the next time that they possibly see the Bucks or whoever it may be, that they will be ready for. Back. Well, that's the hope, right? The hope is exactly that. And that the Celtics are are a young team that guys are entering their prime. Right. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are entering their prime. Marcus Smart just started his prime. Time Lord. The other thing for you guys is this: Time Lord's got to get healthy. Right. Like exactly. Time Lord Robert Williams, who's been your guy for some time. It's a huge factor. Huge factor when he was able to be out there. 
and he was not able to be out there as often or as long as you would have wanted. Right. So, and I thought Udoka, who's been excellent, made some real mistakes last night as far as pay, playing White and, and Williams working. and Pritchard early. He didn't. It, he needed to go into last night's game, and I understand the thought process is this: we we have to win twice. So if if playing Brown and Tatum 46 minutes each leaves us with no chance to win game seven, then what's, you know, what did we accomplish? I would argue that's the wrong thought process. The wrong thought process is you must get to game seven by any means necessary. And then who the hell knows what happens? Right. Who knows if somebody tightens up on the other team, if all of a sudden Grant Williams has this amazing shooting night like he did in game seven against Milwaukee. And I thought early in the game when you guys were rolling, Going to the bench and letting the Warriors immediately take back control, that's something that, listen, Udoka's a rookie coach. It's something, though, that I believe will, you know, give him sleepless nights over the summer. There's Now, there's two other people I want to talk about before we get to you, okay? okay. First one is Kevin Durant. Because, well, no, people are going to ask the question. What does this mean for his legacy? Yeah, of course. And... I think KD might have been more pissed than me last night. <laughs> Listen, I think KD is not as, it's weird. He obviously cares what people say, but I don't think it affects, like, it changes his own opinion of his, I think his no, legacy I think, is, go ahead. I think that'll actually mess with him in, in his head. Like, I don't think it really matters what other people are saying as far as, like, because I think that he thinks that he is a major reason. I mean, obviously, he has some type of responsibility. Yeah. For the championship that they won when he was on the team. But I think like in his head, like them winning this, it's like, oh wow. It's, like it's obviously painful for him. Right. There's just no way around that. That fact that they now won without him and beat the team that swept him. That's like if they, going into these playoffs, it's not it, and I'm not taking shots here. This I think is a very sober reading of it. If you were to say, okay, let's draw out worst case, best case for the superstars of the league, right? I think the worst case scenario for Kevin Durant would have been, I get swept in round one and don't play well, and the Warriors win the championship. I can't think of a, you know, a bar, right? And that is exactly what happened. Yeah. The other person who didn't play in these finals, who it's hard to have anything happen in the NBA and not have it, the discussion at some point get to, does it impact his legacy is LeBron. So what I think people are going to say is some would say, and they, I mean, they won't be wrong is there's a LeBron James era and he doesn't even have the most rings in it. Steph has the same amount as is Dre clay and Iggy, but we're talking about star players, right? right? LeBron's got four. Steph has four. Does that hurt, you know, his case that I believe he's the greatest player ever. Now I understand you might laugh at this, and some people are going to say I'm playing favorites here. I think one could make an argument that it helps his case. Yeah. You know that tweet that you released about me? What tweet that I released? Live look at DeMonze Bird right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think this you've got that same situation Okay, going can on I right explain? Let, let, me, let me see if I can convince you. Let's get it. Okay. Why does LeBron James not have more titles? Well... There's 2011 that he did to himself, right? We melt down. Aside from that, why doesn't he have more titles? Because of the Golden State Warriors. 
at LeBron's apex prime. He played them four years in a row. He lost to them three times. If not for the Golden State Warriors, he would have more titles. We all agree, right? Okay. That was already true. Steph climbing the greatest player pantheon just makes it even more true and makes it even more like acceptable. Right. Why didn't Larry Bird win more than three? Well, Magic Johnson was winning a bunch then. Do we hold that against Larry? Nope. Because Magic is one of the 10 greatest players ever. All of a sudden, if, if at the end of the day, Steph, right now, who we talked about, I think is top 12 of all time. Durant, who I think is top 16 of all time. There's still, you know, let's just say both of them. One finishes top 15, one finishes top 10. And I think a lot of people already have Durant in the top 15 and Steph in the top 10. And people are looking back, they're like, oh, wow. LeBron finished with four or five champions, whatever it is. Like, what stood in his way? Oh, two of his best years ever. He made the finals, was unbelievable in those finals, averaging 35-point triple-double across those two finals. But two other Pantheon guys were on the same team. What would have... So, let me... Here is the reason I think you can argue this doesn't hurt, in fact, helps LeBron. And this is the part, this is the part that if we're going to put any of this out on social, this is the part I want out there. Because if people just see, oh, Nick says this helps LeBron's legacy, people are going to not think it through. Tell me if you agree with this, because you know this is true. If the Warriors had lost this finals, people unequivocally would say, oh, that hurts LeBron's legacy. You know, he lost to a team that wasn't unbeatable, wasn't a juggernaut. These kids in Boston beat him. So if if the Warriors losing the finals, oh, Kawhi beat him. Now that now the Celtics beat him, like, oh, LeBron couldn't, they were beatable when they didn't have Durant. Why didn't LeBron win in 2015, even though his team wasn't? That absolutely would have been the narrative, a partial narrative, had the Celtics won. So if the Warriors having had lost this finals, I think people would have used it as a little shot at LeBron, then by definition, if we're going to be fair and logical, and I, as always, am an impartial observer on this, them winning it, even though it, you know, it gives Steph equal ring count, helps LeBron. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about here, and then we're going to wrap, is you. Okay? So there is, there is a hilarious moment, there is a learning moment, and there is a proud moment that I would like to discuss with you about these NBA finals and these playoffs, okay? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Yeah, as ready as ever. I want to start with the hilarious moment. We're watching the game together last night, and DeMonte is frustrated and tilted from the Celtics and all of this, and Jalen Brown dribbles the ball off his foot. Yeah. And and at that moment, because I look, at that moment, Jalen Brown had 31 points in game six of the NBA Finals. And DeMonte says to the screen, God damn it, man, I could have played in the NBA. And was totally serious. Was totally serious because he was so disgusted with Jalen Brown's lack of ball handling skills. Oh, man. And I'm like, this dude is just is dropping 30 in the NBA Finals. 
It's not, we're not watching a regular season Kings game where some 11th guy off the bench comes in or he sees Nick Stauskas off the bench for the Celtics. He's like, man, why wasn't I Stauskas? He's watching Jalen Brown. And he's like, that should have been me. This is bullshit. I was not like, actually like, yo, I could have really been in the NBA. This guy just tries to cook me. But no, it was like a little, in the, in the moment. Well, um, I just... Mm-hmm. It would have felt great to know that I could turn the ball that turn the ball over that many times and still be and in still, the NBA. Okay, that was the point. Okay. Um, no, hey. no, that's fine. <laughs> that, that, that's the funny moment. Here's the learning moment. Okay. I don't want you to say is this is a do as I say, not as I do. What's wrong? Is everything okay? Everything okay. Is good. I this is a do as I say, not as I do thing, because you know I gamble, and I've tried to communicate to you that even though I do it. It's caused me probably as much pain as joy in my life, and I don't recommend it. You're flying real high with these little bets you were making with your friends about the playoffs. And then you got a little over your skis and made a big bet. We don't have to say the amount, but a big bet. What what was it? Five times your regular bet size? With no, about yeah. Thereabouts. About three times. Three times, yeah. 3x, what we would call that is a three-unit wager. And tell me if this is true. Did you have a little dream about it? The dream? At any point, did it disrupt your ability to fall asleep last night? Or was it one of the first things you thought of when you woke up this morning? It was, <laughs> uh, I was, it was more of a, a night thing. Yeah. I figured I, after I rest, put it behind me. Uh-huh. Uh, is it fully behind you? Um, no, I don't. I don't know yet. I okay. I'm not necessarily sure. Okay, this. I, go ahead. Sorry. I broke even. Broke even. Um, as far as right, all your hard work gone in an instant. So here's listen. This is as as many things with you, and this is not just you. This is any young person becoming, you know, an adult. Your parents can tell you as many times. This is going to be the end result here. And you can say, okay, I get it. I get it. In your head, you're like, I don't know what they're talking about. And then you play out the actual life and you're like, damn, how'd they know? And the answer is because I've been there. So you you make your own money. You make good money. You're going to make your own decisions. But I do think that's a learning moment. Now, allow me to have a proud moment here, okay? Uh... Obviously, this podcast isn't going anywhere, and we're going to be back on Tuesday with a new episode. Uh, and it'll be challenging for you over the next few months because it's no longer the NBA is your favorite sport, and there's been games every night. And now this is the hardest time to do sports media, the dog days of summer. Neither one of us really like baseball, so we're going to have to be creating you know, content and finding interesting things. So that'll be a good challenge for you. But. Your to me, this is the the unofficial end of the first season of What's Right because we started at the stretch run of basketball and now basketball is over. And I told you when we started that you're going to feel great about our first show and about our second show and that if you went back a month later and watched it, you would say, oh, my God, I'm so much better than I was. Yeah. I want you today to, you don't have to watch the whole thing, but go to our YouTube page and check out a few clips from our first month of shows. 
and then check out a few clips from our second month of shows and then check out a clip from the show that from today's show or the one that posted earlier this week. Your not only development, growth and maturity on the air is has been exponential, but also your intuition into how you know, to establish a take like I'm the Celtics guy and live and die with it and ride with it. It has been one of the true joys of my adult life to share these last few months doing this with you and to watch you do it. I'm, I was I, part of the reason I was pulling for the Celtics was because I wanted you to have the ultimate victory there. Um, but either way that you can impact how you, what you've done and you becoming a true contributor to the show on the air, which is really, it's really been a total joy for me and I'm proud of you and I love you. And it's been, it's been just great to be a part of it. I really appreciate that pops. I'm, this is we're on camera. I feel like I don't know. I no, you a hug or something, but like it's all right. No, that it's all right. And by the way, it's really good. He's gotten so good, much better, and so good on the air because technically he was hired to do the tech stuff, and he yeah. still can't figure that shit out. I'm over here getting <laughs> microphones together before the show, so there is a value add there. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday to continue the countdown. Regular episode out on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Father's Day, everybody.